Hey, I'm Dave, and thanks so much for checking out today's message. We're so glad that you are here, and we would love to get connected to you and your family. So one easy way to do that is that you can text the word River Connect to 97000. You can also visit our website at theriverchurch.cc to learn more about us and some of our upcoming events. Lastly, if you'd like to give today to the River Church, you can text the amount that you want to give to 84321, or you can head to our website, click on the Give tab right at the top of the page. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. This morning we are starting in Ruth chapter 4, so we're at the ending chapter of Ruth, and while you're turning to that, I'm going to do a little short recap of where we've been in the story of Ruth. Now, in the beginning of chapter 1, we have a family here uh, of Elimelech and Naomi and their two sons, and they go to this land of Moab. Now, during that time, uh, the two sons meet wives, but in the midst of that, the sons and husband Elimelech die. And all that's left is Naomi and her two daughter-in-laws. And she tells them to leave, to go back to their land. I need to go back to my land. But Ruth stays with her and remains faithful to her and tells her, your God is going to be my God. I'm going to be faithful to you. And in chapter 2, Naomi tasks Ruth to going out into the field and pick up, going out into gleaning the field and get food for them. And she happens upon Boaz's field. And Boaz sees her and sees the kind of woman she is. So when she gets back to Naomi, she tells her, Ruth tells Naomi, I was at Boaz's field. And in chapter 3, Ruth boldly goes and follows the direction of Naomi and goes to this threshing floor, this work floor that all these men worked in the harvest. And Boaz is there, and while he sleeps, he, he sits, uh, she lays beside his feet and proposes to him for Boaz to redeem her family, who's in complete loss and destruction. So in chapter 4, we are going to now see what Boaz does in redeeming this family. So chapter 4, verse 1. Now Boaz had gone up to the gate and sat down there. And behold, the Redeemer of whom Boaz had spoken came by. So Boaz said, turn aside, friend, sit sit down here. And he turned aside and sat down. And he took ten men of the elders of the city and said, sit down here. So they sat down. Now to kind of really just get into like uh, how we're supposed to view this story, uh, we're going we're gonna to kind of do a thing with what we do with kids. So if I can have two volunteers to play people, I'm just joking, no, you don't have to come up here. <laughs> we're not going to let you do that. I know some of you were like, okay, sure, yeah, I'm going to play Boaz. <laughs> but we can see in the story, okay, what is this redeemer? What is going on here? We're immediately in a stage of we don't know what's happening because of just cultural differences. But the first thing that comes to mind when reading is the term redeemer. And it's mentioned a couple times. Now in the, this context of the term redeemer, I had to really look up some commentaries out to kind of really get a feeling of what this meant. And it was someone with a responsibility or pretty much that they were next in line to have that responsibility to redeem or save a family in need. So they didn't have to take it, but they they were obliged to take it. And Boaz mentions, it says in that verse, this redeemer he spoke of before, there is a man Boaz sees at this gate. Now in this gate in Bethlehem, in the front gates, there, that is a time when they made business exchanges and there were elders there to see that happening. 
So if we see that, he's, that this is a place that they make these exchanges or these disputes or the elders are there to witness it, it's important to know that, something, that something's going to happen right now. Boaz is about to do something right now. So Boaz talks and sees this redeemer, and this redeemer spoken of before, it was a man who was more closely related to Elimelech who had passed. So he was next in line to take upon this family. So he sees this man that might be the one that rescues Naomi and Ruth and tells him to sit down. We're going to have a conversation. So continuing in verse 3. Then he said to the Redeemer, Naomi, who has come back from the country of Moab, is selling the parcel of land that belonged to our relative Elimelech. So I thought I would tell you of, you of it and say, but in the presence of those sitting here and in the presence of the elders of my people, if you will redeem it, redeem it. But if you will not, tell me that I may know. For there is no one besides you to redeem it. And I come after you. And he said, I will redeem it. So Boaz is laying this all out now. He's telling this guy, hey, Naomi's back. Elimelech has passed. She needs to be rescued. She's selling this land. That way someone can take foothold and leadership in this family. You're next in line, so if you'll redeem it, redeem it. But if not, you know, you don't have to. Because Boaz has been asked by Ruth to redeem it. So you can kind of imagine him being like, I'm going to be truthful with you. I'm going to tell you this land. Hey, if you're going to redeem it, fine. But if not, don't, go, don't have to. But then you can imagine he says, I'll redeem it. You think Boaz is like, great. I thought I was tasked with this. This guy's going to redeem it now. And I love, I love that detail because you can almost see the humanity in Boaz there as he's saying it. I mean, we just read it off like this, but you could tell he's like, hey, I, you, know, I, you don't have to really do this if you don't want to. So Boaz comes up with the next equation to convince this man otherwise. In verse 5, then Boaz said, The day you buy the field from the hand of Naomi, you also acquire Ruth the Moabite, the widow of the dead in order to perpetuate the name of the dead in his inheritance. Then the Redeemer said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I impair my own inheritance. Take my right of redemption yourself, for I cannot redeem it. I love Boaz adding this, because you can almost be like, okay, if you're going to redeem it, then you've got to also have Ruth. That's also, that's also part of this. And if this is a man who has an inheritance, as it says at the end, Looking at commentaries and sort of seeing the, the culture of the time, you could imagine this man possibly also has children, possibly also has a wife. So for him, adding Ruth to the equation might be an awkward conversation to have back home. Of like, hey, I would task to redeem this. We have Naomi and Ruth now in this land. But not only that, but if he has kids with Ruth, if he continues on with that, that his inheritance gets spread apart and not able to go to where he wants it to go. So this man, knowing this, says, you know what? I don't want it. You redeem it. And that is a super critical moment right there. Because throughout this whole story, you can almost look at this devastation that started with this and think, where is God in any of this? How is God moving along with this? So Ruth and Naomi being obedient to him 
following through and being diligent in what they're supposed to do, they don't know what's about to happen. And Boaz, being an honorable man, takes it upon himself to redeem this family. Again, he didn't have to do this, but he does. So right now, that is a moment you can see God is working in this. This other redeemer had the ability to, but through truth and the statement of Ruth being added, Boaz can now redeem. God's hand right there. We'll continue in verse 7. Now this was the custom in former times in Israel concerning redeeming and exchanging. To confirm a transaction, the one drew off his sandal and gave it to the other. I'm going to stop right there. I, have you ever given a business exchange and go, here's my shoe? It's, it's, it's confirmed now, you got my shoe. Yeah, I walk, I walk up to the Meyer counter and they're like, oh, it's $13.95. Shoe. It's done, right? Uh, no, <laughs> that's, that's something we don't do now. And what I love about this too is that this is such an early custom as well that the author of Ruth is even stating this is what they did. So you can imagine this is something that we just haven't done in a very, very, very long time. But continuing at the end of verse 7 and continuing on, and this was the manner of attesting in Israel. So when the Redeemer said to Boaz, buy it for yourself, he drew off his sandal. Then Boaz said to the elders of all the people, you are witnesses this day that I have bought from the land of Naomi, the hand of Naomi, all that belonged to Elimelech and all that belonged to Chilion and Malon. Also Ruth the Moabite, the widow of Malon, I have bought to be my wife, to perpetuate the name of the dead in his inheritance, that the name of the dead may not be cut off from among his brothers and from the gate of his native place. You are witnesses this day. So I'm going to stop there. He's telling the elders, this is, this is happening. You are witnesses. I have, I have now bought this land. I have redeemed this family. You are all witnesses to this. And I want us to keep thinking about where this story started. At each step of this way, I want us to think about where the story started. Death and devastation and heartbreak. But now God is working to redeem this family. And Boaz, in joyful noise, saying, I have it now. You've witnessed this. I am now buying and redeeming this family. Let's continue on in verse 11. Then all the people who were at the gate and the elders said, We are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your house like Rachel and Leah, who together build up the house of Israel. May you act worthily in Ephrathah and be renowned in Bethlehem. And may your house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah, because of the offspring that the Lord will give you by this woman. The work there has been done. The witnesses and the elders see it happen. They bless this family. They say, may you be like Rachel and Leah who built up Israel. This broken family now has its redeemer. Boaz, he's bought the land. Ruth is his wife. And this family now has hope has a path. Because in the beginning of this, to be a widower, to be, to be a widow in this case, to not have your husband, to be gone, is 
nearly a death sentence. No protection, no salvation, no hope, nothing. And Boaz takes on that full responsibility, saying, I'll, I'll, I'll redeem this family. I'll be, I'll be faithful in this case. So, looking at this, why is, why is this a big deal? Okay, good. This, this family's redeemed. That's amazing. What does that have to do with anything? It's just following this family who was in turmoil, and now they're saved. That's great. What, what changes with this is a, it's a picture into our own lives. And we're going to see how this changes everything as we continue on into the next part of this chapter. Continuing in verse 13, So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. He went in her, and he Lord gave her conception, and she bore a son. Verse 14, Then the woman said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, who has not left you this day without a Redeemer. And may his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons, has given birth to him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her lap, and she became his nurse. And the woman of the neighborhood gave him its name, saying, A son has been born to Naomi. They named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. The Lord has come full circle with his family. Naomi lost her husband, had nothing just had her daughter-in-law, now has someone who can care for her in her old age. She wasn't very old right now, but as she grows older, she has a young grandson who can tend to her and care for her. Ruth and Boaz now have a son for them as well and a continued line of lineage. They're rewarded in this way. Naomi, with all that's been happening, she's rewarded with this hope that she'll be taken care of. And it's by a daughter-in-law who, it states, loved her more than seven, seven sons because she stayed with Naomi. She, she stayed by her side and was faithful to her this entire time. The Lord has worked all of this. And none of them knew that was going to happen. And this is the coolest part of this chapter, in my, in my opinion. Ending in verse 18 through 21. Through 22, sorry. Now these are the generations of Perez. Perez fathered Hezron. Hezron fathered Ram. Ram fathered Aminadab. Aminadab fathered Nishan. Nishan fathered Salmon. Salmon fathered Boaz. Boaz fathered Obed. Obed fathered Jesse. And Jesse fathered, fathered David. So to a lot of us, it's like that's just a rehash of what the previous verses were. We just, okay, that's, that's great. We know it's just this line of people. Well, it led right to King David, the king of Israel. But not only that, is I want us to look at a different passage, and that is Matthew 5, Matthew 1, verse 5. And as you're turning to that, you'll notice that the wording is pretty close. And Salmon, the father of Boaz by Rahab, and Boaz, the father of Obed by Ruth, and Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of King David, the king. So it's like, okay, that's, that's word for word. Yeah, that's, that's pretty close. Why, why, is, why is that the case? Well, this, 
this chapter in Matthew is the genealogy of Jesus. It says, state right at the end of Matthew chapter 1, verse 16, and Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. So not only has this whole family been redeemed, this family Naomi's been redeemed and turned around, but it created the line of the Redeemer for every single one of us. It's not just redemption for this family, but it's, it's redemption for all of us. That's the point of this passage. That's the, that's the gospel that's in here, that's in this chapter of Ruth. Because for all of us, going back to what I kind of stated in the beginning of the hurt that may be in our family, that hurt is because of sin. That pain is because of sin. And it states in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And with that also, Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Every single one of us have sinned. Every one of us falls short. Every one of us deserve this death that Romans 6.23 states. But that's not the end of it because 6.23 continues, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, the redemption wasn't brought upon for Naomi and Ruth because of their actions or what they did. It was all from the Lord. It was all redeemed by his power. It was saved by his power. And for each and every one of us, our salvation, our redemption, is only by the power of Christ and what Christ did on the cross. Going up there on that cross and taking this punishment, this death that each and every one of us deserved, taking it for himself to give that redemption to every single one of us. That same redemption seen in Ruth chapter 4. Well, looking through this, the main theme given to me about Ruth chapter 4 is the reward of family. And there's lots of reward in family. There's growth you can see. There's your kids growing to, you know, just do amazing things, whether it be things like sports or anything like that. But the reward here is the same reward God gave Ruth and Naomi. That no matter the destruction, no matter the pain, the Lord can redeem that. Whether that's brought upon ourselves or brought up by others, the Lord can redeem that. And the Lord has brought that upon my life. For those who know me, you may know this story, but for those who don't know me as well, a few years ago I was engaged was previously engaged, and I, I was excited. I was very ready to get married. I was, I was in love with this person, and I, I, knew, I felt like I knew what God was doing in my life and how he was moving me forward. I was excited for the family I'd have. But so soon, it didn't end in that way. We broke off. 
or no longer engaged in, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what path I was to go on because I thought I had it. I thought I had it laid out, but now it was gone. And it was only two days later that I was actually sent here to Lake Orion to do what I do now. And through that time, I did not know what, what was going to happen. I did not know where I was going to go or why I was even doing this. I was going, Lord, I'll follow through with you, but I'm broken and beaten and I don't know what to do. But through diligence and obedience and lots and lots of prayer and trust in him, it has been redeemed. Because in three months, I get to marry my wonderful fiance, Madison. (laughs) And I get to do what I do here, and that's not a picture of anything I've done. That's not a picture of any good thing that I did. That is a picture of how Christ redeemed it redeemed it when I was lost and broken and had nothing to do. I didn't know what to do. No matter those circumstances, no matter how broken they may be, Christ can redeem them. Let's go back to what I asked you in the beginning. To think of your own families. To think of the hurt and pain in those families. Because families are tough. Families are born from different things, and there's plenty of different people in those families. But looking at that pain and that, that loss, maybe whether it be loss of a family member, financial issues, things that are just causing friction and destruction in your family. I want us to look at this family of Naomi's. I want us to look at a picture of they weren't trusting in the Lord because they thought doing that would just fix everything. They were trusting in the Lord because they knew his power was the only thing that could save them, regardless of when that would happen. It's the same with us with Christ. I'm not telling you that when you follow Christ and make the decision to make him Lord over your life that just all things will be fixed. But I'm telling you that you can't do that. You can't fix that. You can't save yourself for what your family's going through. Only Christ can redeem it. Another story in my family that just shows the, 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 the transformative power. Most of my life growing up, my grandfather was not a believer. He was not a follower of Christ. And into his old age, he still wasn't, but a few years back, he, he gave his life to Christ. And he, the picture and the transformation in his life and the effect that it had on the rest of us to see this man who had just not followed God but then at the end of his life did, the the transformation that happened to the rest of us to see that was beautiful. 
And sadly, he did pass away a couple years ago, but it was good to know that he's with Jesus now. And how different that makes it for the rest of us. Even for myself, who's, who's up here right now, how different it, it made me look at the power and transforming power of Christ in that moment. That no matter the tough things that may have been brought, about, brought up upon because of his disbelief and his turning away from that, it was a different picture afterward. But I gotta tell you, there's, there's still brokenness in my family and I know there's brokenness in all of ours. But take from that that this isn't about or just about what Christ can do for your family. It's about what he can do for you. Look at your family and look at, you know, the brokenness there may be, but look at yourself as well. Look at the brokenness that you have and the brokenness that you've brought upon yourself. And look at how Christ can redeem you. Because for each of us, as we look back, we've all sinned. We've all fallen short. We've all turned away from God. And for those of you out there who have not made that decision, who don't know who God is or what it means to be redeemed by Christ, I tell you this, that Christ no matter how broken you are, no matter how sinful you are, no matter how bad you think you are, Christ can save that. Jesus can save you from that. And when you make that decision, when you make that decision to follow Christ, the rewards you'll see in your family to witness you doing that could be situations where another member of your family decides to follow Christ too. And again, I'm not saying it'll all just fix itself. But in the end, Christ will redeem you and that'll have an impact on your family. And the rewards that will reap are huge. So to close out here, I want to ask you, Will you make that decision today to give your family and the brokenness of it, and most importantly, the brokenness of yourself to Christ? To make him Lord over your life, to make him your Savior and your Redeemer today. It says in Romans 10.9, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Christ has done all the work. He's done all the work on the cross and he rose again three days later. That way we can have eternal life through him. And today, are you going to make that choice to say, God, I, I can't do this. I can't save myself. I can't save my family. I need your help. Are you going to confess that he's Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead and that he can restore you and your family? Let's pray. Father God, we, we thank you for the story of Ruth and Naomi. We thank you that no matter the brokenness, no matter the destruction 
no matter the pain, you can redeem it and you have countless times again and again. I pray that we recognize we can't do this. We can't do this on our own, that we need you and we need you to save us and our families. We thank you for what you did on the cross. We praise you. Amen.